Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back here, day three from Radio Row, ahead of Super Bowl 57. Joe Serralo here with Serralo Sports Talk. And joining me now is a friend of the show, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov, along with his business partner, Eric Eager. Guys, thanks so much for the time. Look, we're so excited. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's great to see you guys. Hey, Eric, tell us a little bit about Sumer Sports, your guys' company. I believe it's about a year old now. So how have you guys grown in the past year? Yeah, to me, it's like this, like everything that you want in a football information company put together, right? So, you know, myself and a few other people, we've worked either at places like Pro Football Focus or, uh, you know, NFL teams as analysts. And so we bring kind of the analytical chops to the to the business. And then obviously we have somebody like Thomas. We have a guy named Chase Falvin who was, who was working in the, the salary cap uh, for, for the Atlanta Falcons as well. And what we're trying to do is bridge the gap between, you know, basically, you know, building models that, you know, are not necessarily black boxes that have inputs from, you know, subject matter experts uh, and, and can give people the most accurate and most uh, efficient predictions uh, for their NFL team, uh, you know, every single season. So, Thomas, I mean, you were in the league for two decades, a GM for, what, 12 years. What made you want to go from the front office side of things to the analytics side of things with Sumer? This sounds a little salesy, but all my life, truly, I've been waiting for a product that would help make our process more exact, right? Mm -hmm. It's not completely exact, but it brings so much more mathematical exactness to what we're doing, which we all know. 32 GM sitting here would tell you it's not an exact science. And we are on the edge of our seat shooting from the hip at times, not all the time, but to be able to bring in a tool like we have at Sumer Sports, which is a roster optimization tool, as Eric had mentioned, it's a, it's an augmentation element for a GM. I personally believe it takes that GM from being good to being very good, very good to being potentially a hall of famer. Yeah. We have so much data available to us as general managers that we do not use. Mm -hmm. And to be able to put these, put this data in front of some of these guys that are really, really talented. To me, I think that's a really responsible approach for an owner, respectfully to them, a president, whoever it is, to start looking at the data that's available. You can't shoot from the hip anymore. I used to look at Arthur Blank and say, I would come to him with 12 scenarios in the off season. And I was proud as a peacock, as I've said to Eric, <laughs> what Sumer Sports does and our product Marvel it eventually will provide millions of scenarios that we can pour over. Of course, that's unfathomable for the human mind, but it will break down and provide us with the top three potential rosters for a specific team. To me, it's got groundbreaking and revolutionary aspects. We're working really hard with guys like Eric. You know, look, doctorate in mathematics, also played football, which is really important for me, right? To have I agree. In the, in the group of intelligentsia that understand football. That's why he and I partner so well together. That's why we're actually here to together as well and he's he's such an important part to this organization as we're as we're growing it of course so you know it's funny because i always joke with yeah you guys know mad dog russo over at yeah. sirius i always joke with him about the little kids from yale who think that they can just step in and be a gm in major league baseball right eric how important do you think it is to have your football background combined with obviously you know your doctorate and your intelligence when you're creating a product like this yeah i think i think it's important to know kind of like how difficult football is to execute so like right. you, you know I always think about, you know, when I a lot of the, the problems that I solved when I was at PFF, for example, like perfectly blocked runs. When I was a tight end, it was like I needed to know what the left guard was doing to make sure that my down block was at the certain like depth and things like that. And when I was wide receiver, I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. 
And so you look and say, okay, well, how am I crafting? Am I looking, like say, take PFF grades? Am I only looking at each individual grade? Or do I have to look at the minimum of all those grades? Like what matters more in the run game? It's like having experience and being like, well, I did my job perfectly well. I pancaked the guy and the guy, the run went for two yards. It's because the left guard screwed up. It's like, okay, that's going to actually be in my models. And, and look, you know, our playing experience is just one of, you know, many experiences we have. I think it's invaluable. One of the reasons Thomas and our, you know, our friends is like we reached out to each other after he left the Falcons to try to get to know each other's side better. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so my experience helps in that way. I can relate to, to people and, and, and their feelings and things like that. But ultimately, you always have to draw further from your experiences. Just like Thomas being a former GM, it's invaluable. But he's also you know, doing this in part because he wants to draw from our experiences. And so it's, it's a very good jumping off point for learning. But you have to be continu- continuously learning in this world. So, Thomas, back over to you. He mentioned playing the tight end position. Is that the hardest position to make the jump from college to the NFL at? No, I don't. I don't believe so. It is. Really? I think it's an interesting position for us to evaluate. Yeah, there are elements to it because, of course, not only do you need to run routes. It might be. Maybe I'm. Maybe the idea of of seeing some of these guys who are really athletic getting their butts literally wrapped and kicked. That's a tough thing. I do agree with you. So I, I guess what I'm saying is there are a number of positions within the NFL team that are really difficult, not only to scout but to make the transition in right. today's world. Those O linemen that come over. We used to be able to train them, you know, at levels that can't be touched now because of the rules. So that's a, that makes it in of itself very difficult for, for an offensive guard or a tackle to come in. And all of a sudden he gets nowhere near the reps that the old boys used to get. And he's expected to go out there on day one as a rookie left tackle in the league or right tackle and hang. That's complicated. I mean, to me, it's like the idea of having to, you know, go from college, come to the NFL, be told on one play to go block Nick Bosa and on the next play to go beat Derwin James in coverage. I mean, <laughs> it's a great point. It's a great point. Sounds damn near impossible to yeah, me. That's a great point. And, you know, you look at guys, you know, when you think about the Falcons drafting Kyle Pitts, so yep. Kyle Pitts is an amazing athlete. You get him out on the flank, everything is great. There's a whole different situation when he's dealing with even, even chip elements for a tight end. You get your ass beaten up, of course, but you also have to, you have to get your head back in it. So I'm coming back to you. You just educated me, at least in articulating that. Maybe it isn't. Well, I think I think there's another aspect to it as well, which is the incentives now in college football, right? So where uh-huh. are all the good tight ends coming from? They're coming from Iowa, like at, where you're actually right. Noah Font, tight, George Kittle. I mean, tight end where would do. Whereas you think about now with NIL. In fact, when I was in college, I played at a Division II school. There was a guy who was about my size, but really wanted to play wide receiver, much better recruit than me. And I'm like, well, why don't you just play tight end? And he goes, he goes, if they, if I'm forced to play tight end, I'm going to go to this better school, right? You know. And so you think about like actually preparing to be a tight end some of the the plus athletes are just going to go somewhere it's like fullback the plus athletes are just going to play running back at a weaker school right you know and so it's just hard because a lot of these college offenses don't actually play the tight end as the pivot an nfl team would and so it's also development but you know what's really yeah and it brings up this really interesting question that we're trying to solve at sumer not only you know who should you draft but where are you on the developmental scale what does it cost so kyle pitts you know it's not a bad draft pick because of how good he is. He's a bad draft pick because the, his cost relative, like you can buy more of a tight end on the open market than you can a wide receiver. Absolutely. And so a guy like Jamar chase is just so much more of a surplus 
because he's giving you Devontae Adams production for fifth overall money. Whereas, you know, Kyle Pitts, that difference, it, Travis Kelsey's not paid that much more than him. And Travis Kelsey is already, you know, certainly the, the best tight end in football. So it, it, all these questions, and this is why Sumer Sports is so great and why, you know, we jumped at the opportunity to do this because these are all questions we're answering and pinning down every single day. And I'm so glad that, Thomas, you took this in the direction of Kyle Pitts and Eric, you kind of compounded on it because that was going to be my next question to you, Thomas, was, you know, how much do you think that Kyle Pitts selection set the Falcons back? Well, look, I, I was pretty public about it that I thought they should have had a quarterback in their in their in their scopes to be in the in the waiting in the wings for Matt, whether yeah. Matt stayed or not, because I did believe that with the right people around Matt, he could continue to win. Mm -hmm. But I am also a believer in having someone there, you know, in the Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't know if in today's world you could ever be on the bench for four years like he was. Right. But I did think it would have been the right spot. I like Kyle Pitts. But look, to, to Eric's illusion and his 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 uh comments you have to utilize that guy right i mean and i i like arthur smith as a coach i think he's brought a really tough run game to the atlanta falcons and i like what he's doing mm -hmm. um aside from that because i sometimes put this on the the position coaches you got to utilize that guy right you you move up that i mean back to your point on value if you're tossing them, him the ball three or four times in a game Wow, that's that, that that becomes complicated, right? Because yeah. that guy has the ability to, to rip it up in a lot of different ways. But you got to give him a rock. When we brought in Julio, I remember saying this. I don't care if it's four times or 14 or 24 times in a game. We need to get him the ball as much as we can. And he needs to be in the game when it's important to be in the game. And that Absolutely. used to drive me nuts. And, and it's just something about one of the things that we're talking about with Sumer Sports, being able to grade eventually – have advanced analytics to grade the coaches, not just your coordinators and your head coach, but also your position coaches. Mm -hmm. Most position coaches are responsible for substitution. If Julio Jones is on the sideline, don't get me started. Back in the day, I'm like, <laughs> it's third down, and, and J.J. was on the sideline. Something wrong. There. I mean, you guys, look, you guys had some great pass catchers. Roddy, Julio, Harry Douglas, a lot of people forget about him. I mean, that was a hell of a trio right there. But we all know Julio, I mean, in his prime, even Roddy White with the great career he had, there's no comparing anyone to Julio in his prime. Correct, correct. We needed that all the time. So I look at it now back to back to our tight end conversation. We got to utilize the talent, right? You need mm. you need as an organization to capitalize on that. And now you're not, you know, that's where they have to come back and understand that you're not capitalizing capitalizing on that as much as maybe you should. And you don't have a quarterback waiting in the in the wings. It's, it's a little complicated. So before I let you guys go, you know, you talk about the quarterback position. Obviously, Matt Ryan, there was no successor there for him. Do you think Desmond Ritter can be the guy, or do you think he's a bridge? No, I think I think he's I, he could be a bridge. Who knows? All I was a little bit concerned about was it didn't happen earlier, mm -hmm. and why was that? Something that you and I would know. We're not in the building. I mean, right. I, I I always defend organizations and and Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith on it because we don't know what's going on there. There may be a reason that they were slow playing Desmond to mm -hmm. come back in. My my hunch is I know why. It's they, there's a lot of growth to be had there. Yeah, and you go into this year. Desmond as your guy and you're going to bank on that that's a really complicated situation they have the eighth pick in the draft there could be a quarterback there yeah I was going to say you think about if you squint a little bit there's two Lyman Thomas drafted who are pretty pretty damn good now uh you have a, you have a really good tight end you have a, a field stretching wide receiver uh that kind of looks like what the Eagles are this a year ago right, right. you have a, 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 Got a, a veteran in Cordero a quarterback that wasn't drafted all that high who's giving you a surplus value um, obviously the defense, I think they have to patch it up, but you think about the Eagles defense in 2021, that wasn't a good defense. That wasn't a, a very defense. That wasn't a defense that they could really do much with. And so 
and, and much like the East this year, this East this year, many people aren't viewing the South next year as particularly difficult. Right. So I think like the, the thing is, is if Desmond Ritter is the guy, it could be a very big bounty for the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. You know, I lied when I said that that was the last question. I do have to ask your opinion on one other thing. You have the number one pick this year. You're the Chicago Bears. Do you take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or is the move clear as day to trade down? It's not as clear as day because they need a pass rusher badly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know Eric has his opinion. There's a pass rusher or two out there in free agency that would suffice, and you could go after uh, a big-time trade. So I've not been known to trade back a whole bunch. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Probably needs to go. He was always, like, knocking on my door, like, T, keep keep that in your your scope. I I think you have to trade back, personally. Uh, Eric, what do do you think about the situation? What pass rusher do you have your eyes on? I think they should trade the first pick to Carolina for Brian Burns and other picks. Brian Burns, I love that kid. Because the issue issue is you have $100 in free agency dollars, but as we saw with with Jacksonville last year, there isn't $100 of good players in free agency, right? Right. So you're going to be picking the guys that guys like Thomas decided they didn't want to give second contracts to. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to ever be able to use that $100 all that efficiently. So go to teams and say – you know, hey, I want to pay Brian Burns $25 million. It's going to take a, you know, the number one overall pick, and you got to give us some picks back. Now you have a cornerstone edge player, you know, and you're using your cap dollars efficiently, and, and then you're, you're also getting other picks. You're picking now ninth, and then your quarterback knows, hey, we believe in him and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like that, if they're not going to use the pick on another quarterback, which is another discussion, they should do that and, and get that pass rusher, that, that bookend, you know, that really uh, you know, cornerstone player, because you're not finding cornerstone players in free agency. You're, you're absolutely not. I never had an opportunity to have the number one pick overall. And Which is a good thing. It's probably it's, why you were employed thing. for 12 well, years. <laughs> yeah, or the other way. I mean, when you see some of these teams that have been in the top 10 for three and four years, they have developed some some semblance of right. real, really nice, strong consistency. We, we Anyhow, it's a whole interesting uh, topic. I will say, being at the number one pick, it is really enticing to think about trading back, and, and I would be interested to see what Ryan's going to do. Favorite quarterback in this draft class? I'm, I'm an Ohio State guy. Like, I really appreciate Ohio State. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm with C.J. Stroud on this Good. one. And personally, I, I, I hate Ohio State. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I grew up a Penn State fan, Penn but State I, fan. I love C.J. Stroud. By the I way, I love your head coach at Penn State. Do you, Franklin? I, I am a, I'm a I've got my gripes. <laughs> well, but, but he is a really good football coach. Yeah. He's got some really good people around him. So, no, I, I get you probably do. I understand that. Yeah, but, but C.J. Stroud, CJ. I, I think he's the best QB, yeah. most NFL-ready QB in this draft class. That's good to hear. Thomas Dimitrov, Eric Eager. Check out Sumer Sports. Guys, we'll be back for uh, from Radio Row ahead of Super Bowl 57 with Sorallo Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.